Alright, what's going on guys? My name is Mateo. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to get into it today, talking about the international war on crypto that seems to be going on. The Battle of the Sovereigns, I've heard it called. Um, because Russia is seemingly cracking down on crypto over there, which who could have seen that coming? But that's pretty relevant uh, for the Bitcoin hash rate. They actually have about 10% of the Bitcoin mining hash rate coming from over there. And so the fact that they're banning or making the push to ban mining operations over there just means more hash rates going to be coming to the United States. And it was only a week ago where Kazakhstan, which had about 18%, according to the latest data, of the Bitcoin mining hash rate coming from there, um, and the stuff going on with Europe and the soaring energy prices, and we're going to go through today about a new initiative to ban Bitcoin mining because it doesn't quite go along with the Paris Climate Accord or whatever. Um, the hash rate in the United States is just going to go nuclear. It's going to be ever more centralized. And I'm trying to find the most updated data on how much hash rate is coming from the United States, but the most recent data I have is from August, and it seems to detail that it was around 35% over back in August. And now I anticipate to be near 50%. I anticipate that we're getting close to the point where there could be an ESG regulatory push on the behalf of those who invest in a lot of Bitcoin mining operations, namely uh, Galaxy Digital, which is run by Mike Novogratz, uh, um, uh, Blockstream, which has been behind a lot of Bitcoin mining operations. And that's the firm that I think is run by Adam Back, who said that Bitcoin's fungibility is worse than PayPal. <laughs> so just a crazy clown world, right? He talks about Monero sometimes, but he's like, society is not ready for Monero. Well, society better get ready for Monero, given what we're talking about today and given what we have talked about recently. And there are so many videos that I want to make that just show how useful Monero is um, in this current world that we're going into. And you have to remember that when it comes to the adoption of things, when it comes to you know evolutionary theory, it's like it doesn't just matter what the specifications of the species or the technology is it matters what environment it's adopting into uh, or adapting into and the environment right now is just so freaking ripe for Monero that it's ridiculous um, people are going to wake up to this people are waking up to this I mean I'm seeing more and more people waking up to this we got retweeted today by Life Math and Money I think and he did a commentary with uh, Doug over on Monero Talk I go check that out but, you know, he's got like 300,000 followers on Twitter, and he's talking about uh, tainted Bitcoin and Monero. So there's a lot of stuff going on that's very positive for Monero, negative for the world <laughs> as a whole, um, and we're going to get into that. Last point on the Bitcoin mining thing, we've talked about that on the channel. I'll try to link videos here and there, but that is really important to understand because if OFAC is able to the Office of Foreign Asset Control, if they're able to effectively uh, establish with the big investors in the Bitcoin mining operations here in the States and the corporate miners, etc., OFAC-compliant mining pools where they can censor transactions and determine what Bitcoins can be transacted, which ones can't, which wallets are good, which ones are not, then it's not going to be a permissionless blockchain anymore. And one thing that I am calling bitcoin increasingly is bitcoin you know you got big tech you got big banks you got big government how about bitcoin right uh because there seems to be just 
there seems to be kind of like an establishment forming of people behind Bitcoin, even though they know Monero really solves all the problems that Bitcoin has. And they're aware of the tyranny that is growing. They're aware of the environment that we're in. But yet they still continue to push Bitcoin as if it's the, mo the most optimal solution to all these problems uh, when it's just not. Uh, that's not our position here on the channel at all. We think Monero is um, and Jesus Christ, of course. But let's go ahead and get into the content. There's a lot going on. Remember, guys, like the video. Sub if you find this stuff interesting. Um, and I'm just going to... Okay, well, I, I just got to get used to this because I, I blocked some of the text. Oh, that looks awful. What is going on? Be patient with me. I... I... <laughs> I'm trying to get used to having my box in the bottom left corner, and I've been blocking some of the text lately because I'm not used to that, but I hope I remember today. So forgive me if it's not there, um, but let's just get in. I mean, this is going to be an exciting episode. There's just so much going on. First thing I said today in response to the Russian news, and what it is we talked about in yesterday's video, which we'll briefly overlay here, is... When the international crackdown and regulatory capture of non-CBDC crypto goes in full swing, Monero will be best suited to handle the pressure. RandomX, which is the mining algorithm for Monero, which allows people to just mine this stuff with their laptop. One thing that we've noticed is that during geopolitical turmoil, when China started to ban Bitcoin mining and this stuff going on in Russia and other things going on, the Kazakhstan situation, Monero's hash rate was pretty stable. And that's because we have RandomX. Nobody even knows who's mining this stuff. You don't have like big ASICs operations in these factories and these warehouses and whatever. And um, you have peer-to-peer -peer mining pools, which is great. Peer-to-peer um, -peer decentralized mining pools with RandomX is just like the height of mining proof-of-work development in crypto. I think it's the cutting edge. I mean, Monero is just so ahead of the curve, cutting edge on every level. That's just one thing that's going to be very useful going into the future because we've talked about in our environmental videos how they're going to be coming out with technologies to monitor and surveil carbon emissions of businesses. And so if there are Bitcoin mining operations, you know, assuming that they're not net zero or whatever, um, they're going to be able to figure those out. And you can figure those out on like uh, heat maps and things like this. They've got ways to do it. Um, and typically when you need ASICs, you, you know, you need a lot of them together. Uh, in order to, you know, get some profit from mining Bitcoin now because the marginal miner is getting ever more, uh, you know, kicked out of the, uh, the enterprise because the corporates are moving in and the corporates can get deals on energy prices uh, in bulk and, uh, you know, they can get access to the power grid, uh, you know, in a way that is more amenable to their profit line. Uh, and other things going on maybe I, I anticipate that there's going to be push in the future to make it so that if you are not mining bitcoin in a net zero way in an environmentally friendly way then you cannot get a license to mine bitcoin i anticipate there's going to be licensure that enters into the bitcoin mining picture as more corporates and esg uh, enterprises and investment firms like blackrock get involved but um Moving on, stealth addresses, which makes it so that nobody can see your balance in your Monero wallet uh, and anonymous transactions. That's all going to be key. Haveno, which we've talked about extensively on the channel, it's going to be like the new ATM of the new world, right? Uh, because with Haveno, you're going to be able to 
swap your national currencies, probably your CBDCs, for Monero, a private digital cash, and then you could do whatever with that private digital cash. The main thing we need to work on is getting that infrastructure set up so that people can do things with that digital cash. People can go to places and exchange that cash for real goods and services. So that's something that's still developing. We have seen more adoption and adoption ideas on, on the channel. For instance, somebody was talking about making it so that we could have like grocery delivery services, food delivery services, uh, run on Monero, maybe clear net marketplaces, sort of like an eBay where you can buy stuff which isn't like totally illegal and bad <laughs> like you can on the dark nets for Monero. Um, these are all great ideas. There are more things developing, and I know that some of you on the channel have actually made initiatives on your own to go down to vendors downtown and in your local area to get them on Monero, which is great. Thank you for doing that. We need more people doing that so all this stuff can interlink together and really uh, uh, synchronize into a symphony of awesomeness, right? So, and freedom, etc. will make Monero a survivor and thriver in this new environment of crypto crackdowns, which I think are going to be going on. So email, what's up, brother? You say, that's what I keep saying. Monero is the real Bitcoin. Nothing Bitcoin does uh, threatens banks or the system in any way, shape, or form, yet Maxis would like you to believe it so you pump their bags. I mean, what bags are there to pump with Bitcoin anymore? I saw a post before I did this, um, and this dude was like, this is your last chance to get Bitcoin under... Uh, $100,000 before it goes to a million. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, given the gains that have gone on in crypto, that, that's actually not that enticing. Uh, you know, when the paper derivatives markets for gold breaks, you know, gold, you could probably get a bigger return on gold. Certainly on silver, I think. I think the real fair market value of silver is like $500, which is like a 50x increase. But Monero, uh, you know, to make up a tenth of the Bitcoin market cap now, which I think Bitcoin is at about an $800 billion valuation, uh, you know, it's got a 10x, 20x from here. And that's easy, in my opinion. Somebody was talking about a stock-to-flow model on my channel, saying how Bitcoin should be at, or Monero should be at about, you know, $2,000 a coin, according to the stock-to-flow model. I don't know what that is, frankly. Um, cool. That's a 10x return from here. So if you want gains, bro, Monero is where it's at, and the fundamentals are so strong that it's goofy. So what's so exciting about a million-dollar Bitcoin? In my opinion, nothing really. Uh, they'll know you have it, and they'll come after it for the taxes. <laughs> so enjoy that. And, of course, you should pay your tax with Monero, blah, 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 right? But uh, Shiny Boy comments, Matteo, do you think Litecoin with Mimblewimble will dilute the true privacy coin market now that's an interesting question uh he says the privacy coin market um i don't think it'll dilute the privacy coin market not really um i mean there are going to be people who kind of fall into different schemes right this is not a true privacy solution to litecoin the problem with mimblewimble from what i understand is that uh their privacy uh, technology, their approach is to prune the blockchain as the blockchain develops so that past transactions no longer exist on the blockchain. But the problem with that is if somebody is analyzing the blockchain continuously, they can just build their own model of the blockchain. And even if the true blockchain is pruning, then their model can just not prune it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I don't see it to be uh, really privacy oriented. You probably know that, Shawnee boy. 
But will people think that it's better than Monero or competitive with Monero? Why not just buy Litecoin? Uh, it's private enough. Maybe, maybe. I mean, people buy Bitcoin, they think it's private. I mean, people are still on that level here in 2022, which is really unfortunate. But they'll learn. They'll learn. Especially with all the stuff about, like, uh, these people who are getting scrutinized by the FBI now. Uh, you know, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild uh, because of their Bitcoin transactions. So let's go ahead and just quickly overlay uh, or just go through what we talked about yesterday with the international crypto crackdown. That's what I want to get to now. So India, they pretty much wanted to ban Bitcoin and cryptos in their own country. And now India's Prime Minister Modi is seeking synchronized action in tackling challenges posed by cryptocurrency while also asking whether multilateral organizations are equipped to tackle this challenge. So there's sort of like an international push going on. Um, and then we talked about Pakistan's federal crime agency um, tasking the country's telecoms to block access to crypto websites. Um, Singapore Central Bank. Oh, there's something else that came out today. Um, the Chancellor of the Exchange. I'm not familiar with uh, the UK governmental structure, but this guy who is an official in the UK government launches crypto advert crackdown. So just more crackdowns going on. Uh, Singapore central banks want to uh, issue guidelines that limit crypto firms from advertising. So a lot of advertising crackdowns. It's almost like what they want to do is have that be the opening barrage in order to sort of soften the consciousness of the public who may not see crypto as much. Um, and interestingly enough, there was a hack recently of coin, uh, or, or what is it called? Uh, coin co hold on. Let me look it up. Uh, so many cryptos. It's crazy. It's like, uh, that crypto that Matt Damon was in a commercial for, you know what I'm talking about? Um, crypto.com coin. So there's a hack of about $35 million on crypto.com and they were advertising all over the place right and so it could be that what they want to do is they want to kind of get this stuff off people's minds um and then they'll start to move on it and people won't be as attentive to it maybe that's what's going on or maybe they just want to set the groundwork for making it so that their competitors which crypto non-cbdc crypto are their competitors because they're all working on cbdc's um they want to limit the competition's capacity in order to get clients, right? Does that make sense? So just some th passing thoughts. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Some interesting stuff. So I do want to mention this real quick. Um, we were talking about Bitcoin earlier. I think that big tech and Bitcoin, Bitcoin uh, and these other... You know, global Easter coins, you know, like uh, Chainlink and Ethereum, I think that they're going to interlink with big tech and they're going to share information with each other. One thing that I always point out to people when they glorify Michael Saylor is like, dude, look, Michael Saylor is advocating for a coin which emits huge amounts of financial data about people and their activities and their habits. And Michael Saylor is the CEO and head of a firm called MicroStrategy, which is a data intelligence firm, okay? And you don't think that 
they benefit not only from the price appreciation of Bitcoin, but also from analyzing the blockchain and cryptos and doing that for their clients, which evidently are the U.S. government and other uh, firms. I, I think that uh, is naive to think there's no conflict of interest there. But he never really mentions that. I, I think that's part of the program. But something uh, that Monero, the Twitter, said in response to this tweet by Dark.Fail, which says, blockchain surveillance is the next ad tech. Think Facebook ads are creepy. Wait till merchants know your net worth and shopping history because you aren't using a privacy coin like Monero. Great point. Monero says it even goes beyond ads. Access to all financial products are at stake, allowing mass uh, surveillance of your finances can lead to shadow discrimination for access to mortgages, credit cards, and more. Surveillance allows discrimination, intentional and unintentional. Well, it also allows you to get into a lot of trouble, perhaps, as we were talking about yesterday, um, because maybe they don't like you as it is because of your politics. And so maybe they decide to honey trap you, right? They get Someone who has their Bitcoin tainted, maybe that person has been involved in illegal activity. They know that person has been involved in illegal activity. They flip that person either through a plea deal or something like this. And then they get that person to send somebody else Bitcoin for maybe services or as a donation or something like this. That person who they don't like, the political dissident, then they go to him and they say, hey, uh... We noticed that you got some Bitcoin from some Russian hackers and some, and from some terroristas or from whoever, right? And then they say, we're going to look into your stuff. We're going to, you know, see if you're involved with this international crime ring or something like this. And so they look into your phone records. They look into a lot of stuff about you and maybe they find something. So one thing to think about as an example is kind of what happened to Trump right with the whole fusion gps thing and then they started this whole investigation into basically the guy's entire life and then uh they didn't find anything which is pretty miraculous but um that started off a huge investigation it was built on an entire basis of fraud i mean it was it was paid for by hillary clinton it was paid for by people who wanted to dig up dirt on trump they made the whole thing up but they were able to get the entire power structure of the intelligence agencies and the surveillance state to look into Trump because of basically, uh, you know, lies. And they can do the same thing with surveillance technologies and financial technologies like Bitcoin, in my opinion, against political dissidents and other people. So it it's even beyond this. That's something to consider. Let's uh, just note also... 25 federal agencies tracking employees with religious exemption requests. So again, we're talking about like discrimination from credit card companies and banks. How about discrimination from governments, right? Um, especially if you're a Christian and a conservative in this world, using cryptos like Bitcoin, in my opinion, can be dangerous. Um, that is just something that I want to say. So let's get to the main news of today. How through this aren't we okay we're speeding through good the bank of russia seeks to outlaw mining and trading of crypto and forgive the ads i don't have my uh, brave up right now so you guys are probably going to be annoyed by that that uh russia central bank proposed a blanket ban 
on the use and creation of all cryptocurrencies within one of the world's largest, biggest, uh, biggest, I don't know what largest, uh, crypto mining nations, citing the dangers posed to the country's financial system and environment. Again, we see the environment being used as a context to uh, go after the competition, which I guess, <laughs> so stupid, I guess they're going to make the case that governments which print trillions of dollars out of thin air and mismanage finances and screw up the capital allocation mechanisms in the free market, which lead to waste, which leads to fraud, which leads to wars, which leads to insane amounts of environmental issues. They're going to argue that if they make that more sophisticated with the CBDC, then that's going to be more environmentally friendly. Not Bitcoin, not uh, some of these other cryptocurrencies, which are actually free market oriented, which help with price discovery and uh, you know efficient uh, capital allocation, etc. <laughs> they're actually going to make that case. We all know it's dumb. We all know it's dumb. But that's what they're going to say, right? And you know the people who have been brainwashed into this environmentalist, uh, you know, climate catastrophist cult, they're going to go along with this. It's going to be like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe we should uh, put these proof-of-work cryptos on the back burner. Maybe we should just go to proof-of-stake coins, which is exactly what they want because not only is proof-of-stake maybe more environmentally friendly because you're not uh, you know, setting up all these ASICs rigs and such to mine it, but uh, it's based on like how many coins you have. You stake your coins. That's how it goes through. That's how they confirm things. But it's much more amenable to the power structure at B, that B, because they can have more governmental and uh, social oversight over the proof of stake coins. Uh, they can have more power and influence over it. They just get more coins and then they have more influence over the governance structure. They want proof of stake to be the main coins. And I see advertisements all the time for Algorand, for example, which is proof of stake. Um, Ethereum is moving to proof of stake. And one of the co-founders of Ethereum had said, yeah, we need to move away from Bitcoin. In fact, uh, or we need to move away from proof of stake. In fact, proof of stake should be made illegal because of how environmentally unfriendly it is. So maybe they see that coming. They're trying to adapt. But that's something to note. I just wanted to say that in passing. Crypto bears uh, the hallmarks of a pyramid scheme and undermines the sovereignty of monetary policy, the central bank said in a report. Thursday, it also took aim at mining, which it said hurts the country's green agenda. So that is so funny that Russia has a green agenda, even though they make most of their money from oil. Um, in fact, it's because I don't take their green agenda seriously that I think Russian oil is a great play, like Gazprom uh, and Rosneft. I think uh, those are great plays. I think the West actually takes the green stuff seriously. I don't think Russia really does. Uh, China evidently doesn't. Um, if they had, well, I, I don't invest in China. Uh, it's just too dangerous. We don't know what's going on over there, and the entire thing is pretty much a Potemkin fraud. Uh, but moving on, jeopardizes Russia's energy supply and amplifies the negative effects of the spread of cryptocurrencies, creating incentives for circumventing attempts at regulation. Uh, so that's interesting. That's interesting. So this is what we've talked about before. Um, and this is going to happen in the United States. Either they're going to regulate this stuff and judo flip it to be a tool that they can use against the public to surveil them, to tax them, etc. Or they are going to ban it. Okay, and Ray Dalio said the same thing. He's like, look, uh, either they get a hold on this stuff, they're just going to kill it. Okay, so 
again, this is why we're so, so freaking hyper-mega bullish on Monero is because they can't stop it. Now, they don't know who has it. They don't know where it's being transacted. Uh, and they don't know who's mining it. The whole thing is just so much more robust, anti-fragile, and uh, secure against these types of initiatives, which we can see coming on a global level. Potential financial stability risks associated with cryptocurrencies are much higher for emerging markets, including Russia. Russia already bans use of crypto to make payments, and the central bank in December prohibited mutual funds from investing in it. Um, Thursday's report called for individuals and businesses that flaunt the rules to be held to account, citing estimates that put Russia's crypto trading turnover at about $5 billion a year. Um, And it goes on and on and on. Uh, Oh, here we go. This is relevant. Russia became the world's thirst third biggest crypto miner last year after the United States and Kazakhstan. According to Cambridge University data released in October, the largest facilities are located in the country's... Am I frozen right now, or is this my internet? Oh, yeah, you're going to have to uh, forgive me. My computer is really slow. I actually... uh, My buddy plays Halo, and I tried to download Halo, and my computer can't even take that. Uh, Like... It doesn't have the prerequisite requirements to play. It didn't even let me play with all the lag, but uh, I may just have to cut this out and move back to it. Man, I I would really like a new computer. Oh, man. So I think that we can continue to talk about this. The largest facilities are located in the country's north. Well, who cares? One thing I want to just note about this, this is important, right? Because, all right, so I found another website. Uh, That one was just being a little bit dumb, but here. The Russian Federation has about 11% of the Bitcoin mining there. Now, we're not going to anticipate that just because they ban it, all the operations are going to go away. Um, That evidently wasn't the case in China. But you can anticipate because of the political risk that a lot of the operations are either going to shut down or they're going to move somewhere else. And a lot of those operations are moving to the United States. And given the instability that's going on in Kazakhstan, the soaring electricity prices, which I think doubled uh, recently, which they say is what caused a lot of the instability, um, again, more of that hash rate is going to move to the United States. Okay, And just another thing which is out today from financemagnates.com, European regulators call for effective ban on proof-of-work crypto mining. Now, we were talking about how Swiss... Oh, my goodness, the ads. Uh, We were talking about how the Swiss were... Or not the Swiss, the Swedes were talking about um, banning crypto mining because of the whole environmental thing. And they're the ones who went to the EU and proposed that. But this is now a European regulator who is a different person than the person who had commented before from Sweden. This guy is the vice chairman of the European Securities and Markets Authority. And again, this says has renewed fresh calls for a widespread ban on Bitcoin mining. So if you have like consistent uh, advocations, I think is the word, um, for the banning of Bitcoin mining and proof-of-work mining, if you're a Bitcoin miner over there, how safe are you going to feel? Probably not that safe, especially as electricity costs 
are soaring, which we've documented a lot here on the channel. You're going to want to move somewhere with cheaper electricity and less political risk. And if you go to the United States, which is the home of BlackRock and basically the global financial system, and BlackRock and the other big investment firms are investing in Bitcoin mining for one reason, because the Bitcoin mining is in many cases net zero. And so they can make the case that Bitcoin mining is ESG, even though Bitcoin itself really isn't. It's kind of like a weird thing. That's one of the reasons why Elon Musk had to sell that Bitcoin a year ago when he tanked the market and everything like that. He's like, oh, we're not going to take Bitcoin anymore for our Teslas. Uh, it's not environmental, blah, blah, blah. But people in the back uh, scene told Elon Musk, hey, you know, this is not environmentally friendly. We're not going to invest with you. We're going to pull our funds if you don't, uh, you know, stop this nonsense. And so he's like, okay. So a lot of money is moving into Bitcoin mining from an institutional front, which has close connections with the U.S. government and the Fed. And so you've got to think as, you know, a long-term strategist, if you're invested in Bitcoin mining, okay, well, why don't I just move to the United States? So with all this going on, I anticipate that the United States is going to have over 50%. We've talked about the issues with that. It's going to make Bitcoin uh, much more amenable to regulation and uh, control by the powers that be. So in an interview with Financial Time media outlets, uh, this person raised concerns over the increasing use of renewable energy dedicated to Bitcoin mining. The regulator described Bitcoin mining as a national threat for his native country, Sweden. Oh, so he is from Sweden. Uh, and warned that the cryptocurrency mining poses a risk to meeting the climate change goals, blah, blah, blah. So, so check this out. Instead, he advocates for the use of proof of stake as a better energy efficient alternative. We're going to see more of this. I guarantee you we're going to see more of this. Both Bitcoin and Ether rely on proof of work. Well, Ether is moving to proof of, work, uh, proof of stake, which requires all participants on the blockchain network to verify transactions. Um, The solution is to ban proof of work. Proof of stake has a significantly lower energy profile. And by the way, it's much more easy for them to take it over on a governmental level and to have influence over it. So that is going on. So this is back in July, 35.4%. It's only grown since then. And by the way, Canada has about 10% too. In Canada, the United States are pretty tight-knit on a financial front. In fact, I think it was a Canadian Bitcoin miner uh, in a Canadian Bitcoin mining pool, which had become OFAC compliant. So they're very tight. So you could probably consider these to be one of the same entity. So if you consider them one of the same entity, we're probably over 50% easily. So that's going on. Um, but why is this happening? Why is this crackdown happening now? Why can we anticipate it to go on into the future? Well, it's because these non-CBDC non cryptos are competitors to the CBDCs, which they're rolling out. And it's not like they're going to be complementary. That's not how the powers that be see it. Um, maybe they see Bitcoin that way. We can make the case for that. Maybe Ethereum too, because these are total surveillance coins and it's so easy for them to monitor and surveil everything that's going on like you have no idea. But the Fed just released a report on the digital dollar. We could read more about that. I may do that in a different video. But check this out. And we went through this yesterday, but just this is so important to reiterate because this is now 
a huge trend globally, the establishment of CBDCs. Check out this data point right here. 87 countries representing over 90% of global GDP are exploring a CBDC. In May 2020, only 35 countries were considering a CBDC. That is a huge increase in interest. Um, of the countries with the four largest central banks, the United States is the furthest behind, but they just released the report. And remember, when China was getting ready for the rollout of their CBDC, what did they do? They cracked down on crypto. That model we can anticipate to spread, and that's probably what is going on in Russia. Um, let's see where they are at in their development. So, yes, they are... Partnered with Sverbank, Gazprom Bank, uh, which are two big Russian-backed banks, and they're in development right now. They're CBDC, same with Canada, same with Brazil, Australia, uh, Palau, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they're in development. They're not just in research. They're developing it actively. And China's in the pilot stage. Let's see who else is in the pilot stage. Saudi Arabia. Uh, so you can expect a crackdown there, probably. The UAE. Um, and that's where I saw the advertisement for Algorand. It was at a chess tournament in the UAE. I didn't actually go. I, you know, I just saw it on TV. But um, Algorand's proof of stake, right? Ukraine, you've got the pilot, CBDC. Sweden, you got a pilot CBDC. And note how Sweden is the country with the regulators who are looking to advocate to the EU to shut down proof-of-work cryptos, which are hard to governmentally control. So that's Sweden in the pilot stage of their CBDC. Some Caribbean country is... Jamaica has got a pilot. So that's interesting, right? That is interesting. South Korea has a pilot CBDC, and they've cracked down on Monero. You can't go on to an exchange in South Korea unless it's like a, a DAX to get Monero. You can only get it through local Monero. They banned privacy cryptos from the exchanges over there. Um, Thailand, not sure what's going on there. Singapore. Singapore, we're seeing a crackdown, aren't we? So all this stuff kind of connects together, in my opinion. All this stuff kind of connects together. And look, as the development continues here on these CBDCs, there's going to be a crackdown in all these areas on non-CBDC cryptos because they're competitors. It's not about allowing you to have freedom money. <laughs> they don't want you to have freedom money. They want to have control over monetary policy. Russia just explicitly said that. China is explicitly saying that. The United States will explicitly say that at some point. Believe it. So, going back to our original comment here. This is an environment where Monero is going to thrive, ladies and gentlemen, because of everything we've talked about here on the channel. Um, and I am exhorting to you guys that the more that we can get a parallel economic system set up with people already using Monero, the more robust that our parallel economy can be. And the more capacity we have to opt out of this crazy 1984 
panopticonical technocratic surveillance system that wants to track everything you're doing with money. And in the UK, in their CBDC research, they were talking about making it so that you can only use the central bank digital currency from the Bank of England to transact with people who are considered essential or qualified and not transact with people who are not considered qualified or essential. So that's going to become part of the game. And they're going to be able to take money out of your account. They may, you know, uh, put a timer on the time that you have to spend your money because we're in this kind of deflationary ice age type of environment, um, which can only be combated with ever more inflation to increase demand and to increase the money supply or increase the money velocity. Um, And so they may do that to incentivize people to spend. And so there's a lot of just dystopian stuff that comes with the CBDC. I don't have to tell you guys probably, but... Look, Monero just makes that much less worrisome, if not totally irrelevant. <laughs> you know, if, if you can swap your CBDC for Monero, then you can transact with whoever you want. Easy. And Havano allows for that. I mean, this is the biggest development going on in crypto. And I wish people would really wake up to how important this is. And I am praying that they can get it done and it can work as well as everyone's anticipating it to work. Because if it can, I mean, dude, we got an out. We got an out, ladies and gentlemen, seriously. So I think that's all I want to say for this video. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Mateo. Mateo. Uh, check me out on the social media links that I've got below. I've got donation links below. Thank you all for supporting the channel continually. Josh, Ronan, Ken, and Lutz, my patrons. Um... And if you want to become a patron, I am not releasing more videos. So that's a way that you could support me. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say you could, uh, you know, do PayPal too. I do have a PayPal, but given everything that's going on with some of our brothers in arms, I guess you could say, uh, who are getting booted off PayPal, maybe that's not the best thing. Best thing you could do is maybe just send me some Monero. I do need a new computer. I do need a new camera. As uh, you guys have commented consistently, it's like, dude, why is your camera so bad? Get a new one. Okay, we'll send me money. <laughs> um, we can make this collective effort. But that's all I want to say. Um, Monero is awesome. Uh, and even though the market looks like it's about to take a freaking dump, uh, my buddy was texting me about technicals, which are about to be breached, apparently. Um, Bitcoin's under 40000 and that's a leading indicator. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't I don't care. I do not care. Uh, the dip, if there is one, awesome. Because, again, we see where this is going. We have an out, ladies and gentlemen. I think silver and gold are pretty cool, too. And we talked about that. More videos coming. Thanks for tuning in, guys. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And you guys have a wonderful day. God bless. Bye-bye.